Hey friends, welcome back to Sermon Notes. I'm Amy Jo Girardier, and normally we have Garrett Gregory. He's on sabbatical, and so we have been rotating some wonderful guest co-hosts. And so today we have Travis Cottrell. Yay! <laughs> I'm Yay. glad to be here. Y'all have really already made it to the bottom, <laughs> we bringing you a worship leader here. couldn't figure out anybody else, right. so well, thanks for being here. Happy to be here. <laughs> and then we have our campus pastor, Jay Strother. Yeah, so Jay, great to be with you guys. Well, we're glad you're here, too. So where are you at? Tell us a little bit yeah, about Yeah, so been campus and teaching pastor at Station Hill since day one. Uh, also work with our South region, so West Franklin, Nolensville and uh, get to be a part of the leadership team here. So awesome. all so things it, church else, family. Though, besides that? So what do you do with the rest of your time? Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, so father of five, uh, you know, trying to finish my doctorate out. So oh, yeah, so you can stuff. pray for that. I defend October 28th. So everybody mark your prayer calendars. Wow, that that's coming up. So It is quickly. And you were my first boss here too. It's that is exciting. true. Yay. Yeah. Kind of bringing it, bringing it all full circle. That's as I right. Hit the microphone. So. In the eighties, or no, no. no. <laughs> Although we knew each other in the eighties, we 80s. did. We did. We were on all state youth choir together. So that's, a, that's and great. you're the worship so leader. So yeah, it does right. all come right. together. This is why yeah. this is today. So <laughs> yeah, so good. Yeah, but Amy Joe's mom and my aunt have taught Sunday school together for like thirty years in Illinois. That's right, Aunt that's Rhonda. That's really crazy. So. Aunt Rhonda and Uncle Bill. That's it. That's it. So shout out Illinois. You go way back. Yeah. They're going to be so excited to have a shout out. They're probably some of our primary listeners. So, <laughs> <laughs> so good. Well, we have a fun game that okay. Travis is going to tee up for us. Okay, we're going to play. This is a great day. All right. To play this, especially since you are um, dressed for the season. I I'd am. Say. It's fall officially. Dressed for the season. We're going to play Did They Pumpkin Spice It? Oh, all right. There it is. I wasn't supposed to do this, but you I can. Did it. I it's might fine. be at a serious handicap because okay. I'm one of those boring people who I drink like black coffee and black tea. So I don't no, do the I have pumpkin a feel, spice thing. I don't think so. this is going to be beyond you. I think okay. You're be <laughs> okay, okay, good. Good. Might be beyond okay. my pay grade. So here's here's the first. Did they pumpkin spice it? Oreos. Yes, because I feel like there's Oreo everything right, right these days. Right, so right. Oh. that's a neat <laughs> Did you show me all <laughs> the just answers? You all the answers. <laughs> there it is. I need well, that fine. on a Monday they morning as a pastor. It. Oh, there it is. There, there it is. is. Good job. That was they an easy one. They spiced it, yep. I, I, I'm not opposed to a pumpkin spiced Oreo, I don't think. I don't think so. There's I some mean, that would make me just, you yeah, know. I've never met an Oreo I didn't like. Okay, next one. Oh wait, Neither there's the there's the um, it's authentic. Oh, there it is. You're actually it's an showing us picture. the picture. There it is. So thank you for that. Okay, <laughs> next one. Mouthwash. Oh, mm, I'm going no on the mouthwash. Okay. Wow, you're oh, right. yes, good I'm job. two for two. You're yes. doing so great. Off to a good start. You're really in tune with the pumpkin marketing. Strategy. Okay, hummus. <laughs> oh, interesting question. Hummus. Oh, I'm going to say no. Why don't you hummus No on the, the hummus. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> they spiced oh, it. that one. They spiced it. I should have figured, right? Should have figured. <laughs> you did hummus the answer. I did. I did. Oh, okay. wait, there's the official. There it is. Cedars hummus pumpkin spice. They spelled it H-O-M-M-U-S. Hummus. Hummus. Ha- <laughs> Maybe that was a misspell. 
Maybe you made that. Maybe I did. <laughs> Maybe I did. Maybe just to throw me off. off. Maybe it's not. <laughs> it's not them. It was me. Okay, next, next. Uh, Pringles. I think I know the answer to this. Oh man, there's some funky Pringle flavors. Um, I'm gonna go no. No on the Pringles. They man, at this point, it's like, what do they not pumpkin spice? So. Well, there's some on here. That's Motor the oil, point of the game. I mean, Ooh. So. look, they've got the show the picture. They oh, got yeah, the yeah. cinnamon sticks. There it is. Yeah, that's the, that's yeah. That's a little crazy. That's disgusting. Would you eat that? No. I guess I'm I'm boring. Like I eat um, regular Pringles. I mean, I'm not gonna decline any Pringles probably, but I wouldn't buy it. Yeah, I wouldn't spend my money on. Well, that's what I was trying to think. I think that pumpkin pie spice. Wouldn't have to be eat, like sweet I'm not or going something? to eat that. Yeah. that's just gross. Right? Yeah, they don't, those two don't <laughs> go together. No. Okay, pizza rolls. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I missed it. I love your unwavering confidence. Like, <laughs> I started off did. so I started off so strong, and now yes, I'm going the other direction. This is going downhill quickly. Yeah, I gotta be honest. Say he's gonna get all of these. That's yeah. what I was thinking, yeah. and yet no. no. <laughs> <laughs> no, they did not spice that. Oh, great Stay confidence builder! Thank it, you for that I gift did. of exhortation <laughs> and encouragement. I really that you was have. thinking you were going to get all of these. So. <laughs> okay, um, I should have looked at your place profile before we started this game. Bleach, bleach. <laughs> Please no. You know, if you want like your, I was going to yeah, say your clothes, like a pumpkin smell, but bleach. Yeah, like it's not even, that's not even. This isn't even laundry detergent, like right? So no, no. Okay. There's such thing as. Flavored you sure about that? Bleach? I don't know. It's like, are we eating Tide Pods again? Is that oh what gosh. we've come down to? <laughs> well, so. you can smell pumpkin spice like a candle, right? Yeah. I mean, That's true, but in bleach? No. Like a Yankee no, candle. I'm going You're not bleach. eating it. You're just smelling it. I know, but bleach? Smell bleach? Flavored bleach? Okay. I feel like we're Oh, I got one. <laughs> See, look at you. You were, you were yeah. trying, trying to bully to, you and trying to, yes. yes. Well, just felt intimidated there for a moment. He didn't say final answer. You were still needling him. Okay. Soap. Yes. Yeah. Jeez, yeah. I can yeah. totally see that they one. They spiced it. Mm-hmm. And yep. there it is. Oh. Farmer's Market made with <laughs> avocado, blueberry, and shea butters. Farmer's Markets that I've been a part of, I don't know that I want to smell like a farmer's market. Oh, that, yeah. that was our last one. It was. You did so good. Way to go, well, Jake. How many did he get right? Kind of in the five, uh, 500 range there. Four. Out of I how saw many? four from. Four out of six. Okay. It's a sixty-six percent. It's not bad. It's a D, yeah, right? D for bad. done. Yeah, All right, yeah. we'll take it. Yeah. All right. Well, just kind of turning corners as we fall into the second part. Fall. Uh, I see what there? you did there. Oh. Yeah, that's good. Hallelujah so, for the we, puns. That's really good. <laughs> so good. So we. Uh, well, I did. You listen to the sermon? I did listen did. to the sermon. I did too. I did. I did. I listened to all of it. Wow. And, I didn't listen to the communion part because I felt I, it felt a little bit weird to listen to that part. But I listened to all of it. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so here's one of the things uh, that was super helpful for me. Um, you talked about uh, you shared a quote from a rabbi that said this. I'm going to write it down because it's Monday and you might not remember Thank exactly. You. Thank you. Uh, Our ears are always open, ever mm-hmm. ready to receive instruction, and the tongue is surrounded by a double row of teeth to hedge it in. And keep it in its proper bounds. That was really that. Even just sharing that was helpful for me to just think about it. And you said that in the context of talking about being slow <laughs> to speak and quick to listen. Right. So, um, and then we were sharing. You were sharing about the fact that um, that that we flipped that. In fact, you said yeah. it backwards. That's why I had to double check myself. Why do you think we're driven to be quick to speak 
and slow to listen. Is that right? Versus quick to listen and slow to speak. Yeah. No, I had to slow down yesterday as right. well. Make so sure that hard. I was I was I was saying that correctly <laughs> as well. Yeah, you know, out of James chapter one, I love how practical James is and how helpful he is. Um, because he he spends the back half of that chapter two helping us think about how we respond to God's word. So that's the kind of the broader context. But I think he gets at our heart attitude and that it's so easy for us as people to want to jump to conclusions. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody in our world today has a hot take. They have their opinion about everything. There's there's an intense pressure, especially if you're in a leadership position, right. to weigh in on every global event, every pandemic, every mm-hmm. you know everything that's in the newsfeed um, to give kind of your opinion about it. And so I think one of the things that marks biblical wisdom is the fact that you know you need to seek to understand. Um, and so you know, one of my favorite questions over the past few years has just become this: Help me understand. Mm-hmm. Helps me to slow down. Helps me to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, because of course, I have my own opinions. We all do. I have right. my own thoughts yeah. about things. But I think um, biblical wisdom dictates that we need to be a people who, when we do speak, we have something that's helpful. Um, that's grace-filled, that is wise to say, because I think that's what the world is longing for. Uh, There's opinions everywhere, uh, and everybody's polarized on those opinions. So when you share something that's clearly thought out, um, something that's intentional, I think that 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 resonates with people. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then a follow-up question to that is, how does adopting this posture help us when we're reading God's Word? Yeah, it's, it's this idea that I think, well, there's a couple of fronts, right? One is uh, we are very tempted because of the pace that we live at to try to go to God's Word just to get something to satiate the moment, right? Yeah. I, I need this today. So we're, we're tempted to just right, grab bits and pieces, almost like fast food, right? Mm. Um, we know it's not good for us, but we, <laughs> we blitz through the fast food line because we just we got to get something in our stomach. And I think spiritually we're tempted to do the same thing. Mm. Um, so we don't spend time just saying, Lord, I'm just going to be still and listen. You know, you think about Psalm 4610, which says, be still and know that I'm God, right? Which literally means cease your striving. And so I think there are some things that God wants to say to us that we have to slow ourselves down in order to be able to listen. Uh, and a big part of that, too, comes with the posture of, of we're, we're tempted in our world today because we're preconditioned to, to be asked our judgment, our opinion about everything, to come to God's word with our opinion first mm-hmm. versus saying, no, 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 I'm going to put myself in the posture of submitting <laughs> to Scripture, to submitting to the authority of God's word, and I'm going to allow him to speak you know, versus jumping to the conclusion of I've got to make God's word say what I needed to say so I can justify my behavior or my mm. actions or the moment that I'm in. Right. Yeah, so good. You know, I, I loved how you were kind of painting the picture of, you know, everybody's looking for a hot take. Everybody's looking for opinions. It's, I've always thought of social media, what it's kind of turned into is that you're in a, we're in a room all together and everybody has a microphone on. Yeah. Mm. I mean, could you imagine like being in a church if everybody sitting in our sanctuary had a microphone <laughs> and it was on? Yeah. Like all of these voices. It's a great word picture. And I, um, I think were we, always, were we always this kind of angry about everything mm. or did the fact that we started hearing everybody's opinions then breed anger in ourselves. Mm-hmm. But anyway, what that kind of brought me to was the point that you said, um, an angry spirit is not ready to listen. Can you yeah. talk a little bit about mm-hmm. that? Because that kind of opens something in me. Like if we just take ownership over where we are sitting with our spirits, regardless if we're right or wrong, yeah. if we are constantly angry, if we're constantly even offended, mm-hmm. then we're just not listening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think it, I think it's that idea that you know anger is a, is a, an emotion that's so powerful within us that it overtakes us. Like we don't do our best thinking when we're angry. So an angry spirit, I think I put this in the sermon yesterday, isn't a teachable spirit. Right. And I think you did a great job of teasing that out. Right. When we are uh, you know not listening well, we're we're speaking quickly. Then somebody you know wants to you know if they everybody has their opinion. Right. Well, I object. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, then all of a sudden now I'm defensive. You know, because, well, this is my opinion, and now you're attacking me. You know, we begin to take all those things personally versus the posture that we should all have as God's people of coming to God's word to hear from God. You know, um, that's what we need the most is not the opinion of man. Because the reality is, is we will tell each other what we want to hear. Um, we will feed to each other what we want to hear, or you know, we will you know make enemies out of each other uh, to go to the other end of the ditch. It's usually one or the other. Instead of instead of that, God's word is calibrated in such a way, right, that it doesn't tell us what we want to hear, right? It tells us what we need to hear. Right. Uh, it, it tells us in biblical community, right, what what is going to draw us together, which is the truth of the gospel uh, and the hope of Christ. And so, in in that pursuit, we all have to be willing to submit to what God has to say. Versus what we want God's word to say. Right. That's so good. It's good. Um, okay. So I know you were talking a little bit about uh, seeking out and looking after. You used a great analogy. Do you remember um, talking about, like, even, I don't know if it's too fresh to share from your yeah. sabbatical, a little bit about Ephesus, right? Was a yeah. city where. Um, where they were, uh, you can tell the story probably better than I can. So, do you remember that yeah. story? Can you yeah. Share that? Well, the text, of course, is um, James one twenty seven, mm-hmm. which where James says. So, after he talks about hearing the word and obeying the word, being a doer of the word, he gives us some practical examples. Yeah. And so, a lot of times we pluck these verses out of context, but I think they're even more powerful when they're set in the context. And so, he's giving us some ways that we are called to be doers of the word. And so, he points out in James one twenty seven that pure and undefiled religion is this, is to look after orphans and widows in their distress, is the way that the CSB translates it. Uh, In the Greek, that word can also be translated to seek out. And so certainly look after isn't a wrong translation, but I think it's a stronger word picture for us to think about that we're not supposed to passively just wait for needs to land in front of our, our, our face, you know in our laps, but instead we are to seek out, um, you know, the good of those who are hopeless, the, 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 to, to be able to help those who can't do anything for themselves. And so, yeah, I've just been on a, on a journey um, in uh, southern and western Turkey. Uh, we visited 21 biblical sites in eight days. Uh, a friend of mine, Brian Hades out of Houston, leads these trips and just does an amazing job. So as we're going to the different sites, you know, the big question that was being asked was, you know, we're seeing these incredible ruins of Greek and Roman cities. Uh, which very much, right, that's the foundations of Western civilization. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the one thing that you come away saying is that in 2,000 years, really not much has changed. Mm-hmm. They had their theaters, they had their stadiums, they had their propaganda, you know, all designed to teach you that Caesar was Lord. Mm-hmm. And so how do five Galilee kids, you know, we know five of the disciples made it up to Asia Minor, and one converted Jewish rabbi named Paul, how did they end up upending an empire within a few hundred years, you know, the followers of Jesus, those first generations. And it was because of their everyday faithfulness, they're willing to do things that no one else was willing to do. And one of those things we saw at Ephesus, right, was the fact that we talk there about, you know, the power and you're just in awe of the ruins of the theater and what used to be one of the the seven ancient wonders of the world, the temple to Artemis, and you're just trying to take all of this in. And, And yet you begin to realize the underbelly of this culture was sick. It was depraved. Uh, It was designed to uphold the powerful and to put down the powerless. Uh, And so one of the things that early Christians did 
was that if the Romans didn't want a child, if it was inconvenient, it was born with a birth defect, something like that, uh, they would leave babies to die by a practice called exposure, where they would take them on the hillside, and historians think this hillside right outside of Ephesus was one of those places that had happened, and they would literally leave them in the woods to die. Uh, And so one of the things that early Christians did was they saw every child as created in the image of God. And so they would run through those woods at night looking for babies that had been abandoned so that they would bring them home, Uh, you know. And so you think about, you know, the personal cost of that, uh, how that every no one in their culture at that time would affirm like that. That's a good thing to do. And yet Christians saw that out of their deep biblical convictions as a priority. Uh, And so they would rescue these kids. They would bring them home. They would raise them as their own. Um, They would seek after widows. Uh, Again, people in their culture, there was no, you know, Social Security in those days. There was no way for a widow. Uh, to be able to sustain themselves. So they they would not just wait for a widow to knock on their door. They would go and seek out the welfare of those who, who needed help, who needed assistance. Uh, and in doing so, one heart, one life at a time has changed. And I think we grapple with that. You know, we have all these big initiatives. We want to change the world. Well, you do it saving one baby, right? Ministering to one widow, right? Caring for one poor person at a time. And that everyday faithfulness is what God uses to move the needle forward, uh, to convince people that, hey, I don't know what God they serve, but I need to know him because those people live differently. I love that. When I was listening to that, um, you also encouraged uh, when you come to scripture to say, okay, so what am I going to do with this today? Yeah. You know, And just that, even a reminder of sometimes I, I can stop at, wow, I had a great Bible study today. Yep. I really got a word from the Lord. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Um, but then to go forward and say, okay, so how is this going to make a difference? I was thinking about my neighbors. I was thinking of... Does it make a difference that my neighbors are next door to me? You know, does it make it, do they see a difference Mm -hmm. with having Christian neighbors? And so for me, as I was listening, that was super helpful. Yeah, I just think that's our biggest temptation. Eugene Peterson has a quote I love, right, where he says, there is too much Bible study and not enough Bible living. Mm-hmm. And by that, Eugene Peterson, pastor, right, faithful pastor, right, he doesn't mean that Bible study is bad, right? right? But what he means is sometimes we just simply gorge ourselves over and over again, right, on God's word, but we don't ever live it out. Mm-hmm. And so that practical question, right, based on God's word today, I will blank. Mm-hmm. I think that's the piece that we leave out so many times. And that's why I'm so glad we included that in this sermon series, because I think, you know, we can interpret the Bible all day long, talk about mm-hmm. the right ways to do that, the right tools, the right resources. But at the end of the day, if it doesn't do something, if it doesn't produce transformation in us, yeah. right, then we've missed it. Mm-hmm. Did you hear the quote that David Hamilton said at the end of the service yesterday? And I'm going to mess this up. Go for it. I think it was Deal Moody. I can't remember who it was, it was but Deal he said, Moody. Um, I do remember that. if you have a hundred people, maybe only one of them will read the Bible, but 99 of them may read the Christian. Yeah. yeah so it kind of goes along the same. It was really good. Yeah. Sure. I also loved what you said. Well, I'm, I'm thinking about how hopefully the Bible is um, accessible to anybody, any age, but James feels so much like from the beginning of our life to the end, it's something that we grapple with in, in whatever language, you know, like the, the quote that you shared at the beginning, yeah. you, you said something something similar, but so much more attainable for kids. We were talking about your coach. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Your coach said... Uh, yeah, hey, God gave us two ears, two ears. one mouth. Yeah. That was a hint. <laughs> That's a hint. That's a hint. <laughs> so um, yeah. th- this these are things that we, we grapple with our whole life, but even uh, helping our children along with this. Yeah. What are some resources that you have that you might recommend for families or kids to um, help 
them move forward in this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's, there's a lot of great handles. M- I'm honestly, my, my favorite thing that I just try to encourage parents to do is to just read the scripture with your kids, like read it out loud. Um, there are a couple of different versions of family uh, reading Bibles. And what I love about it is this, they've embedded some questions in the text so at the end of some of these Bible stories, there's just some immediate right, opportunities for reflection. So you read the story. Because one of the things we forget is that the Bible is, in the first generations was largely delivered orally. Mm-hmm. Like it was mm-hmm. meant to be read and listened to. Right. Uh, right. And so because of that, you know, I think it's important that we return to that discipline sometimes, you know. Um, so that's one of my favorite tools is just the family reading Bible. I think there's an NIV version. There may be a CSB version. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that's a super helpful tool because it just keeps you in the text. Right. Um, there are several resources that we've used as a family. Um, there's a pastor out of North Carolina. I think his, his name is Marty Machowski. Say that right? <laughs> it's called Big Story Short. And so what he does is he he puts these Bible stories into the framework of the meta narrative of Scripture uh, for families. And uh, he does like one for every week of the year. Uh, and so that's a really really helpful helpful study uh, that we've used in our home to try to help kids see the big picture. You know, my wife um, uh, had a, had a unique experience growing up where she she really wasn't in church much, and the little bit she was in church. Uh, you know, she she said, I was never taught how these individual stories tied to the big picture of Scripture, you know, tied to the big story. And so I just always saw them as little individual stories. So that's one thing, you know, we've tried to work on is to help our kids see, you know, how, how this relates to the big story of God's redemptive plan. Yeah. So good. So good. Okay, so always we've heard from campus pastors that there's something that you kind of leave on the cutting room floor. Was there anything that you may have wanted to say or maybe say a different way yeah. from your sermon yesterday. Yeah, that's always the hardest part, right, of every sermon. And when you first get into preaching, it's like, how am I going to talk for 30 minutes, right? right? And then you get into it, and it's not long until you discover the hardest part is what you have to cut out. And how know, many times did you preach week. it? Three yesterday. Three. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're three services kind of thing. So yeah. you kind of you kind of get your roadmap down in your mind. And as you know, I wrote most of this sermon on an airplane yeah. and then in a hospital right. room Gosh. with our son in the hospital last week. Crazy. So, um, But we had preached all the way through James uh, a couple summers ago at Station Hill. So it's always helpful to be able to go back, Pull back a little yeah, bit, and yeah. revisit that. Um, I, I think if there's anything, you know, I love teaching the text as it's built out. And so um, the first part of James chapter 1 deals with trials and how we respond to trials. And I think that even strengthens that back half of chapter two, how we respond then to the word or to truth. Um, and because I think so many people you know, deal with trials and that's the hardest question. And I love that James tackles it first. It's not like, hey, we're gonna slow build to get this. Right. It says, like, boom, I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. hit, yeah, yeah. And, and so if I had time, I would have developed that a little bit more, um, talked a little bit more about how James helps us address trials. And in doing so, right, that helps guide us into the truth because you realize in a trial, I don't have all the resources in me that I need to consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. I mean, that sounds like crazy talk, like right right off the top. How do you do that? Well, you can only do that if you're really grounded in the truth of God, because Scripture gives us God's perspective on things. And when we're in the middle of a trial, when we're in the middle of suffering, it's really easy for us to become inwardly focused, you know, to focus on ourselves, our needs, that moment. And so that's why we need that gift of Scripture, because it helps us to see what God's doing. Right. So good. That's really good. Okay, last question. Um, what 
do you, what what do the Strothers like to do for fun? Like, what are some fun things that you guys like to do? Just yeah, give us a little insight into the Strothers. Yeah, family. absolutely. Well, we love to hike. Um, yeah. We love to get outdoors. Um, and my wife is the rock star hiker among us. She's the one who does backpacking on the Appalachian Trail. And so um, it's pretty funny. As a matter of fact, my oldest daughters um, who appreciate the outdoors but don't enjoy it <laughs> as much as Tanya does got her a shirt for Christmas that says "It's only another half mile." I promise, <laughs> <laughs> right? because we have been on countless. There's a lot of where family and, and it stories. Is kind, right it there. is, yeah, it is kind of funny. Um, one quick story: we uh, took a family trip out to the Grand Teton National Park a couple years ago, and so we had planned out this hike. And my wife, was like, it's a beautiful hike. It's called Jenny Lake. It's it's you know, you got mountains in the distance, and it's just you know, it's like seven miles. You know, no problem. Yeah. Well, you know, to 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 her credit, you know, in fairness to her, she didn't realize that one of the connecting trails was closed. Oh, so instead of being seven, it ended up being like a thirteen mile hike. No. and my kids were like, "This is a death mark." <laughs> like, you know, we're going to die. We're out of water. Her. They didn't yeah. believe that she didn't know. Did yeah, they? exactly. Right. And so they were like, mom fooled us. She tricked us into this long hike. So, but what's funny is, of course, then the girls love the pictures, you know, uh -huh. of the mountains behind sure. them. And the, but that became one of our running family jokes. Right. So anyway, so we, love, we love to hike. We love to be outdoors. Just it's quality time. You're away from technology, away from distractions. You know, um, it's just for us getting in God's creation is, is a great thing to do. So some of us enjoy it more than others, uh -huh. but it is something we try to do as a family on a regular basis. I love it. That's awesome. Well, guys, I think we're at the end. So thank you so much, Shay, for yeah, coming. And Travis, thanks well for co-hosting. Thanks for having so me. So good. And we are so glad that you joined us again. We will be back next week on Sermon Notes with Mike Lynn. And like we say, you can always subscribe down below. And you can also you can hear us on Spotify, on Apple, and some other places, I'm sure. So thanks for coming. <laughs> we'll see you again next week.